Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our channel today. We wanna to encourage you to subscribe and like today's video. Also, today's word is brought to you by our truth partners. These are people who want to financially invest to help us get this message of truth to around the nation and around the world. You can become a truth partner today by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give. Again, thank you for partnering with us on this message of truth, and thank you for liking and subscribing to today's video. God bless you. I pray this sermon blesses your life. I wanna to talk to you about prayer just for about, just give me about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I wanna to talk to you about prayer. I wanna to talk to you about getting rid of your fear of man, okay? When it comes to your walk with Jesus, um, if you do not have a prayer life, you're going to have preferences. You're going to have a lot of preferences. And you're going to start to customize your, your Christianity. You're going to want things done a certain way. Everything has to be a certain way. And if it's not done like that, then I, I don't like it. As opposed to just being like Jesus. People who don't have a prayer life have a lot of preferences because your flesh has preferences. But preferences are not the gospel. Praise the Lord. Does everybody say, I'm gonna release my preferences for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And prayer is really turning to the heart of God. Prayer is not even something that you do, it's something that the Lord does through you to help you become who he wants you to be and I really want this church, my heart is that this church would be the most prayerful church in Minnesota. How many of you would love to attend the most prayerful church in Minnesota? Rather yet, let's be the most prayerful church on earth. How many of you would love to be a part of the most prayerful church? How many of you would love that your church is known for prayer, people who pray and Jesus shows up? This is the heart of God, is that we would be a church that prays and it starts with prayer and Prayer is really uh, an invitation by the Lord to spend time with him. So the next time you get up at 5 o'clock or 5.30 or 6 or 4.30, how many of you had the Lord wake you up at 2 yet or 2.30? And you're like, seriously, God, we're doing this, 2 o'clock, you know, and he wakes you up. It's, or even if you set your alarm and you're like, I got, I'm getting up at 5, that's the Lord laying it on your heart. Prayer is initiated by the Holy Spirit. It is God saying, I want to spend time with you. Some of you would love the Lord to want to spend time with you. This is what prayer is. And, and you have to get rid of your preferences. When you don't pray, you're going to be in your flesh. I had a, a, a young man come the other day. He said, you know, I'm, 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 I feel like I'm acting out. I'm watching some things, looking at some things on that I shouldn't be looking at. I'm doing this and this. People are frustrated. I said, that's because, it's, that's because it's your flesh. Your flesh is a disaster. I said, oh, we can't manage that. It is a disaster trying to manage people's flesh. I said, oh, I said it has, you, just, it ha you have to die. You have to go to the cross and die so that you can be like Jesus. You have to go to the cross. If not, I said, I can't pray this away. I can't like touch you and then go away. People want to like, I'm not going to pray. I'm going to go to church on Sunday. Pastor's going to touch me and I'll be good. What are you talking about? You, are you crazy? Like you have to spend time with Jesus. 
There's no substitute for it. If it was just me touching you on your head before you left, I would force all of y'all. I'd have the ushers lock the door, and I would force me to touch every one of y'all's forehead before you left, if, it, if that's what did it. We'd plan the whole service around that. <laughs> Am I right, Ryan? Like, we would make it, that would be the thing. We'd make it where you had no option but for us to touch your head, and then you'd be like Jesus. It doesn't... It's not about people touching you to be like Jesus. It's you being with Jesus that makes you like Jesus. And so, and so if, you, if you don't spend time with Jesus, then you're not like Jesus. You're like you. And you has preferences. And you will build a world where you have all these preferences. And your wife has to be like this. And you have to say it like that. And I don't like it when you say it. If you say it like that. And when you say it like this, it makes me angry. And then it's frustrating. And then you, you're moody. And you flounce and shut doors and withhold love and all this. This is all demonic. This is all manipulation. And you'll do it even to me. You'll come into church. Well, I don't like it like this. I like that. Oh, my God. They did this. Oh, my God. I can't. Because everything has to fit your flesh. Jesus is not like this. Hey, I just want to take a moment and let you know that today's sermon is brought to you by our Truth Partners. If you're interested in being a Truth Partner, simply go to creativechurch.com slash give and select Truth Partners today. Again, please subscribe and like today's video. It's blessing you. It's blessing your family. And hey, let's get back to the word. Jesus, you will have this, you will have all these lists of preferences of how your kids have to be, how your wife has to be, how people have to deal with you at work. Nobody can do this. You have to have it like that. I need it emailed this way. And if you say it like that and this, this is all flesh. This is all demonic. None of this is like Jesus. Jesus doesn't have preferences of, 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 of like what you wear when you come in here, how you do it. He doesn't, he's just like, I just want to be with you. And when you're not like Jesus, you're like you, you start to customize all these things and you build all these walls and all these things for you to be angry at people, frustrated at people, upset with this one, mad at that one, because people don't live within your customized Christianity of your preferences. But Jesus wants, and the gospel wants to tear down all these preferences where you can just be a person who is like the Lord. Amen? Amen? And this starts with prayer. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 4 says, draw me. Everybody say, draw me. Draw me. It's the Lord who draws you to prayer. Draw me. And we will run after thee. The king has brought me into his chambers. It is the king that brings you into his presence. You don't just go in there. It's the Lord that lets you into his presence. You can come to church and him not let you in his presence. We can be up here singing and there's other people, they're in the presence of God, they're weeping. There's other people who are just sitting there looking at you. You're not in his presence, you're just in a building. You're just in a building. You, it's like in Sam's Club. You just be, you're thinking about Sam's. You're like, I need to leave here and go to Sam's Club. Like, you're not in the presence of God. You're just like in a building in Maple Grove. You could be in any building. Because he, just because you came here doesn't mean he will let you into his presence. You can get in his presence in your living room. You can get in his presence in the morning, in prayer. And when you, when you begin to cherish his presence, he lets you in his presence. And here's the thing about the presence of God is he's a person. And just because, how many of you love the presence of God? 
Right, all of you. The question is, does he like your presence? Can he trust you with his presence? Or does he, he sit down next to you and go, I don't want to look at that. So I'll just leave. Or I don't want to do that. I don't, I, don't, I don't like the way you're talking, man. Like, I just, I'll just leave. And he'll just pull away from his presence. And here's the thing that you don't realize. You think you can just walk in his presence and walk out of it. I can just access it when I want. No, you can't. And the people who he gives the privilege of accessing his presence to, hear me, in the word of God and in life, a lot of times when you play around and you lose it, you never get it back. I'm not saying you lose your salvation. I'm saying he doesn't trust you with his glory. And the tears stop running down your face. And what happens is you start to build this customized form of Christianity and this customized form of how your family and everybody has to be. And when they don't do it, you're angry. And you literally live frustrated. Saved and frustrated because you've lost the glory. And you pick churches based on whichever one fits your customization rather than the tears running down your face and the glory of God changing your heart and your life. It shouldn't matter who's preaching. Jesus will be there. Come on, Jesus is going to be there. And when you choose to meet him in the morning and you let the king bring you into his chambers and you value reading the word of God, people forget Jesus read the scriptures. Jesus went to church. People are like, ah, oh, that's just, man. Jesus went to church. The Bible says he went to church as was his custom. He valued the house of God. He valued prayer. He valued reading the scriptures. I don't care how important you are. You're not too famous and too anointed to not be in God's house. And church is not a sermon. Church is the place that Jesus fills. And prayer is the thing and the main avenue for which God wants to accomplish and mold you so you can become like the Lord. Do you realize that God's obsession, how many of you know that the Lord has an obsession? You know what his obsession is? His obsession is that you would be like Jesus. That's your destiny. How many of you want to reach your destiny? Your destiny is not about making money. It's not that, it's not that you can't have money. Be millionaires, like, be trillionaires. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that you can't have it. It's not that you can't have houses and land and stocks and all these wonderful things that, that, that God can give you as tools and resources. It's not that. But that's not your destiny. Your destiny is bigger than a degree. Your destiny is bigger than money. Your destiny is more eternal than things that people can earn or buy. Your destiny is eternal. For those the Lord foreknew, he also pre that they would be conformed into the image of his son. Your destiny is to be like Jesus. Like God is obsessed with this. This is, this, it's not like one of, the, one of the things that he wants. It's like the only thing. It's the only thing. 
is that you would be like the Lord. And I don't think we really grasp this. And you're not going to be like the Lord without a prayer life. You're not going to be like the Lord without the cross. Without crucifying your flesh and killing your flesh. Praise the Lord. So it's actually demonic, and hear this statement, it's actually demonic to disconnect the work of the cross from Jesus. If you try to separate that right there, what's that? What is that? Cross, most recognizable symbol on earth. If you, try to, if you try to disconnect that from Jesus, it's demonic. You know why we know it's demonic? Because who in the Bible tried to stop Jesus from going to the cross? Peter. Anybody ever heard of Peter? You remember when Jesus was trying to go to the cross and Peter tried to stop him? What did Jesus call Peter? Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus is trying to go to the cross Peter's trying to stop him, and Jesus didn't preface it. He didn't make it feel good, like, hey, let's hear your thoughts on why I shouldn't go to the cross, or what's your take on this, you know, before I do it, or he didn't even set him up to be like, you know, hey, Peter, you're a champion. I love you. I got something to say, but before I do, I just, he didn't sandwich it. He was just like, you're a demon, not you. But you know what I mean? He was just like Satan. He called him Satan. Because anything that comes, and hear what I'm saying, guys, anything that you let come between you and the cross, you and your place of killing your flesh, anything that tries to come between you and your prayer life, you and the thing, the thing that tries to take the place that robs you of your time with the Lord where you die on that cross is demonic. It's demonic. And you cannot let anything. I mean, Peter was close to the Lord. You can't let friends, you cannot let money, you cannot let people. You cannot let anything keep you from your cross. Because if you don't put your, when does your flesh grow? Your flesh grows at night. Why do you go to sleep? To rest your flesh. That's why when you wake up, it's strong. You ever try to wrestle it out that bed? It's strong. Come on, am I right about it? It's strong. And, and, and you have to, Wake it up and kill it. This is what Paul says. He says, I must die daily. He says, I beat my flesh and make it my slave. That after I, least, least after I have preached to multitudes, I be a castaway. So he says, the, he says, the proof that you preach to many people is not evident that you don't need to pray. The more you minister, the more you need to pray. He said, I have to do this daily. So I wake up and I have, to, I have to go kill it. And the Lord's calling you to prayer. The Lord invites you to spend time with him and you crucify it on the cross. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live, I'm still alive, but the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. This is the gospel. People don't want to do that. So then they get up, live their whole life in their flesh. Their flesh destroys their whole life, and then they come to church in tears and want me to touch them, and it fix it. It's not going to be fixed like that. It ain't, it ain't going to be fixed like that. This, you have to die. And, and, and the flesh don't want to die. Come on, am I right about it? It's like dieting. The key word in dieting is die. <laughs> you have to die. Am I right about it? And how you know you are sick? Okay, so as a pastor, I go to hospitals, and I'm with people. And, and peop one thing I learned about people who are, who are really sick. One of the signs, the main signs of somebody who's really, really sick is they lose their hunger. you don't have a hunger for prayer, if you don't have a hunger for the Word of God, if you don't have a hunger to be around the presence of God, to be in God's house, no hunger to give, no hunger to serve, no, you lost all hunger. There's something in your life that is unhealthy. It is it's a sign of being spiritually malnourished. You're malnourished. Because there ought to be, in, in the kingdom, how, it's opposite from the world. How you gain hunger in the world is you stop eating. But in the kingdom, how you gain hunger is you, you eat. And the more you eat, the more you want to eat. And so you need to go to God. Everybody just throw their hands up and say, Jesus, make me hungry for you. Put in me a hunger to have my relationship with you. And this will eliminate your fear of man. When you, when you gain your fear of God, you lose your fear of man. You lose your fear of man. And God gives you this, this discipline. You cannot call yourself a disciple and have no discipline. The words are synonymous with each other. How do you be a disciple? You've got no discipline. To be a disciple means you're a person of discipline. And if you're taking notes, write this down. The cost of discipline is cheaper than the cost of regret. The cost or the price of discipline is cheaper than the price of regret. How many of you ever paid the price of regret? And if you had it to do over again, you said, I would gladly pay the price of discipline. This is what protects your mind from demonic thoughts. And the spirit of offense 
because you kill it on the cross with Jesus. I read this quote this week and it, it just wrecked me. Bill Johnson says, the spirit of offense will give you the ability to hear things that haven't been said. When you operate in the spirit of offense, you hear things that people didn't say. When your husband tells you you look nice today, what you heard was, I must not look nice yesterday. This is a gift of the spirit of offense is you hear things that have not been said. Praise the Lord. And so you lose your fear of man. Galatians 6. I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. This is the last passage I'll read to you. And Paul talks about, he says, I marvel that many of you are turning away so soon from, from the gospel. He said, he said, you already turning back from the Lord to serve some different gospel? Verse 8, he says, if, if, if myself or any angel from heaven preach any gospel to you other than what I've preached to you, let it be accursed. You've got people today who want to change the gospel. They want to make the gospel all kinds of things. The gospel is Jesus Christ crucified and risen again. This is the gospel. It's not anything else. Because a lot of things that people want to make the gospel, you cannot preach it everywhere. Preach prosperity. Go to the prison and preach prosperity. So prosperity can't be the gospel. Because you can't preach it everywhere. Go to certain parts of our world and tell them racial reconciliation is the gospel, and they all the same, they all the same skin tone. Go, go to the Bahamas where my, my family's from, everybody black, and tell them that the gospel is racial reconciliation. They say we the, the black on the flag is for us. We are all black. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Because you, if, if it's not the gospel everywhere, it's not the gospel anywhere. I'm not saying that it's not a truth. It is a truth. Like prosperity is a truth. God wants you to prosper. I pray that you be in good health and prosper as your soul is prosper. But it's not the gospel. Because I can't preach it everywhere. But you can preach salvation anywhere. You can preach redemption anywhere. You can preach Jesus to any skin tone, any person, any nation, any tongue, any tribe. Whether they're incarcerated or they're free, you can preach Jesus. Whether they're billionaires or homeless people, you can preach Jesus. Jesus is the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. And he says, if anybody come to you preaching anything other than this gospel, or they say the gospel is other than Jesus Christ and crucified, let them be a curse. And then in verse 10, listen to what he says. He says, for do I persuade men or do I persuade God? Who am I trying to, who am I trying, as a pastor, he says, who am I trying to steer here? Am I trying to steer people to love Jesus or am I trying to steer God to accept people's behavior. 
What am I supposed to do? He says, or do, we, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know what? This is how you lose your fear of man. Because Paul is now saying, okay, if I, if I have to please you, then I fail to serve him. I fail to serve him. So now, now the church is in a jam because you got a fear of man. Because now I might say something that offends people. So now as a pastor, I need to never say anything that offends anybody. And let's just all, everybody, just whatever. And let's not say anything about anything because you got a fear of man. And you do it at the expense of no longer being a servant of Christ. This is what happens with the fear of man. So don't do worship. John, don't sing longer than 17 minutes because statistically people won't worship longer than 17 minutes. They'll leave now and we'll come back. They go to churches that they only worship 17 minutes and we need to have more people. Why do we need more people? Why is it important that every, why, why, is there a number? Is there an attendance goal that we're after? You see what happens? All this becomes a fear of man. So what happens is the whole church now starts to lean into the preferences of people rather than serving Jesus. Oh, Lord. Because, you know, service should be 60 minutes, 17 minutes. Get them up, da-da-da-da-da, three points, boom, 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 boom. Say some scriptures that rhyme, some cool things, like you're too blessed to be depressed. It's arrows, not archways. It's And make some reels, and boom, we're good. Da-da-da-da-da, church is over. Woo, bless, men. God, it's wonderful. Millions come. Look at the crowds, and then the, we think that every chair being filled is the proof that God is here. As if God was impressed with your crowds. As if God was impressed with the fact that you can fill stadiums. Wicked people fill stadiums. With the wicked fill stadiums. How is that evidence of God? Wicked people have more followers. How can followers be the proof that God is on, God's hand is on your life? Why do we admire the opinions of people just because they're famous? This person's had a lot of plastic surgery. Let's listen to what they've had to say. <laughs> that qualifies us to listen to them. Forget the word of God. Who cares what the Bible says? They have a lot of money. So we should value their opinion over the Bible? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, why, why does the news care about what these people have to say over the word of God? Young people value somebody's opinion because they can buy plastic surgery or they're, they're famous for we don't know what. And we're going to, let's listen to them. Let's quote them. How can we can quote these people more than we can quote Scripture? Maybe it's because we spend five hours on our phone and not in five minutes in our Bible. You understand what I'm saying to you? If, if it was, if, if, if you hold, who's got a Bible down here? Anybody got a Bible in the front? You got a Bible on you? Here, let me have your Bible. You, you have, who's got a phone? You got a phone on you? So five, 
most of you, go on your phone today and look at your screen time. It'll tell you. Go in there and look. Four, I guarantee it's four or five hours. The average person, just according to average, is four or five hours. Young people spend six, seven hours a day on it. How many, how, what do we got in here? Why would you keep going to a well that poisons you when you could have living water? You can't say it's not time because this is time. This is time. Like, it'll tell you your time. I spent two hours. I spent three hours. Like, this is time. How, how can you, how can you, why would you go to a room? It's like going to a room. It's like if I put you in a room and there was gas in there and I said, this will kill you. This, is, this will cause all these problems, blah, 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 blah. And you still go in. Like, I'm not talking about Christian stats. I'm talking about, like, just Google the stats. The world knows, yeah, that's terrible. Like, the anxiety, the depression, the suicidal thoughts, the comparison, all that kind of stuff with social media, boom, boom, boom. We all know the stats. But we still keep going. It's like I was at the airport not too long ago with Nicholas, and they had one of those duty-free shops, and people were buying cigarettes in there. And he said, look, he said, Dad, look at that packet. He said, it says, um, this, it says this causes cancer. On the, on the pack, on the big pack of it. He's like, it says it. Look at it. It says this will kill you. And people were buying it. You know what I mean? Like buying something that says... When people put things on their packaging, it's typically the best they can say about the product. Amen. You know what I mean? It's typically like they try to make it sound the best they can make it say. And they're just like, this is going to kill you. Wow. And we know. It's like we know this is killing us, but it's like we're not valuing this. And in a lot of this, we have this fear of man. So he says, do I please man or am I going to please God? Who am I going to please? You know, and you think you don't have a fear of man. Yeah, you do have a fear of man. People have a fear of man. you got to lose that because God's called you to be a world changer. He's called you to tell people about Jesus. And the reason you don't do it is you lose your fear of man. I'll prove it to you. Raise your hand right now. If ever in your life you've been anywhere where the Lord told you, go up to this person, talk to this person, or help this person, or tell them about Jesus. How many of you have ever had that happen to you in your life? Anywhere. Just raise your hand. Look at all the hands. So either all these people are called to be evangelists or the Lord really just wants to use you in everyday life to be a witness of Jesus. But you know why we don't do it? Fear of man. So you're walking down and, and the Lord's like, tell that person, help that person or, or tell them about me. Who? That one right there. Which one, Lord? There's two. The one on the left, the girl right there on the left. Which one? That one right there. That one right there. Oh, it's too late, God. You, it's over. You missed Am I talking to anybody in here? You know what that is? Fear of man. That is fear of man. That's fear of being rejected. And, and if they reject you, they're really not rejecting you, they're rejecting Jesus. It's a fear of man. You have to lose that fear. It's like somebody came over there and like, I was doing this, and so-and-so rejected me. Pray for me. I have a hard time. I said, sure, I'll pray for you. God, I pray that they face 10 more rejections so they won't worry about being rejected anymore. <laughs> I'll never forget. I won't say who because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I had, I had uh, young people in my church uh, years ago, and they would come up to me and say, you know, I like so-and-so. What do I do? And I was like, you need, I said, what is this fear you have of going up to people? 
And I was like, you need to, I was like, you should just, just go to the mall and just go ask out like 10 girls and just get rejected. <laughs> so you no longer have this fear of rejection. And I'm not saying this isn't God. I'm not telling you to do this. This was a long time ago because now it's all different. So the people like, I got arrested, you know? So it's like, Pastor, come get me out. I was trying to be obedient. So just let, me, let me be clear. This was a long time ago. It was like 20 years ago. But I said, you got to get over your fear of rejection. So many of you have a fear. Do you know how many people should be on the stage to sing, but you don't because you're a fear of rejection? Do you know how many of you, God has called you to write or preach or teach? You, you attend creative church. You can't be creative and, and have a fear of rejection. Because once you create, you're concerned about what, what they think of it. What if they don't like it? What if they this? What if, well, so what? Do you know how many people don't like me? Somebody would say, so-and-so don't like it. I said, well, they got to get in line. Take a number of who don't like me. You're like, get in line. Jesus likes me. Amen. You know? Amen. And, and you got to lose that fear of man. We, we, I mean, it's down to the point where people will be like, oh, did you see this movie? And you're like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you didn't see it, but you're laughing because you're scared to be rejected if you didn't see the stupid movie. It's like, it's so stupid. And it's like we live in this fear of like, I'm scared to tell somebody about the Lord. I'm scared to live the life he's called me to live. I'm scared to even dress the way that I want to dress or do what God wants me to do. Or, and, and we like, I have to dress like this or I have to live like this or I have to talk like this or I have to boom, 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 boom because of all of these fears that we have put on ourselves that are not of God. Who would you be if you had no fear? What would you do tomorrow if you had no fear? What would you accomplish if you had no fear? Well, I have this fear of not having money, and I know I'm supposed to work for myself, and I know I'm supposed to start this company, but I just got this fear. Fear, fear, fear. It's fear, and you, you, you lose that in the presence of Jesus. And Satan's plan is for you to so value all of these other things all of these other things, and your flesh grows because you don't put it on the cross, and then you literally build a prison. You literally build a prison in fear because Satan says, no, you need this, now you need this, now you need this, now you need this, now you need this, and then you get it all, and then he puts fears around you, and you're scared of losing it, and you become a slave to it. And the only way you get free is in the presence of Jesus. And when you get in the presence of Jesus, he starts giving you a generous spirit. And when you get close to the Lord, I got to go. Listen to me. But when you get close to the Lord, God is not trying to be like, I don't know what people think. I think, they, I think people think when they get close to Jesus, he's going to be like, now I want you to do this. And now I want you to do this. And now I want you to do this. And now do this. And now do this. And now do this. No. The closer you get to Jesus, he's like, stop doing that. You don't need this. All of this stuff you're doing is rooted in fear. So let's just stop doing all that altogether. These 10 people, you never even have to talk to them again. This over here, all of this is over. And he starts taking stuff out of your life. You don't need this, and you don't need this, and you don't need this, and you don't need that, 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 that. Why are you doing this? Why are you even doing that? I don't know. I just thought, you know, people might think. Yep. Because his eyes are a consuming fire. And when you get close to him, 
burns up everything in your life that's not like Jesus. Everyone in your life that's not like Jesus, they just start getting burn up out of your life. Everything in your life that's not like Jesus just starts getting burned up out of your life. And oh, I'm addicted to porn. Yep, that starts getting burned up. And it's not like, you don't have to pray prayers anymore like, Lord, help me not look at porn. He just goes, hold my hand and we'll never go there. It's the same reason you're not struggling with pornography while you're sitting in here with me right now. You're not struggling with porn right now while you're listening to me because Jesus is here. And he's like, just come and sit in church with me and we won't struggle with it. Just hold my hand through the service. Come on. And you don't even think about it. In the same way you're not thinking about it now, in the same way you're not doing that, you don't, when you leave here, you won't do it because you just hold Jesus' hand. You just walk him through. How do, I, how do I be like Jesus throughout the week? You take Jesus with you everywhere you go. And when you're watching that, Jesus is watching it. And you're like, I don't think he wants to watch this. I don't think he would watch it. I don't think he'd think it's funny. I tell our staff, I was like, don't post anything on social media that you wouldn't say from the stage. Because it's your pulpit. Value it. If I wouldn't say it from the stage, I'm not going to say it on social media. Value his presence. And I know you think you can just jump in and out of it, jump in and out. Like, oh, I've got it, now I don't. No, you don't. There may be days you go and tears are running on your face and you feel his presence and then one day away doesn't mean, it may take you three days to get back. Like if I miss a day at the gym, it could take, it's like three days to get back. It's like you're sore for two days. So it's like, I don't want to be sore for two days. So I'll just go. And then you become like addicted to it. And you're like, I don't know how I could do life without it. This is what happens in prayer. There is no shortcut of not spending time with Jesus, come to church, pastor touches me, I'm amazing. It's not gonna happen. It's not even in your Bible. That's some form of Christianity you invented. You like made that up. A lot of people make up stuff. They just make it up. Like if you think God dislikes everybody you dislike, that's not the God that made you, that's the God you made. Jesus only likes the people I like. Like, when you get to heaven, you're going to be shocked at some people. You're like, what? <laughs> I cannot believe. Like, God is really cool with some people you don't like. And you're like, what? You talk to them? He's like, yeah, we talk all the time. Oh, I just can't believe you still talk to them. Because you have a problem. That's your flesh, that's not Jesus. You understand what I'm saying to you? And all that has to die. And the only way it dies is on that right there. Praise the Lord. So you get up in the morning and you kill it. Good morning, Lord, time for me to kill my flesh. On the cross. And then all of a sudden your wife's like, Oh my Lord, you are like Jesus. You're the most amazing man I have ever met in my life. Everything about you is so much like the Lord. I've never been more attracted to you in my life because I'm attracted to Jesus and you are so like Jesus. And your life is completely changed. And your children are all like Jesus 
and your husband and your wife are like the Lord and everybody loves you and people begin to say, oh my God, you have to meet them. What are they like? They're like Jesus. You're going to love them. This is the heart of every believer. This is when you become heaven's dream. This is when you become heaven's dream. Is when you become like Jesus. Praise the Lord. Did you get something out of this today? Hey, if this sermon blessed you and your family, I want to encourage you to be a truth partner. You can do that by simply going to creativechurch.com slash give and partnering with us to help get this message of truth out to more people in our nation and around the world. It is our truth partners that make this a reality. Again, thank you for subscribing to our channel. Thank you for liking today's video. We'll see you back here on the channel real soon.